When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm America's most trusted Honda dealer, Laura Crawford. And we're your hosts. Yes. We're recording from different parts of Los Angeles. Laura looks like she's in a murder garage. As always. <laughs> most of my life. <laughs> How's it going, Laura? Oh, uh, you know, it's dope. It's dope. We're in quarantine. I've been bitching that the stores are closed. I've been bitching I can't get laid. I've been bitching that uh, this is already weirdly what my life was like when I was unemployed and I didn't want to return to it. So, yeah, that's all. That's all good. We've been doing a lot of coronavirus stuff on the network lately. A lot of gloom and doom stuff. Eating bats and things of that nature. Yeah, for real. But (laughs) this week we are traveling back in time because the day this episode is released is the anniversary of of the day in the 1912th year of our Lord when the Titanic hit a fucking iceberg in the middle of the ocean. All the more reason to leave the ocean alone. Can't stress it enough. Stay out of the ocean. It doesn't want you there. No, no, man. (laughs) Not your boats, not your your swimming flippers. None of it. No, Poseidon has said, uh, you know, that we got to keep the F out of his oceans. You know, Aquaman says the same thing. King Trident in The Little Mermaid, similar message. Yeah, and they are all correct. Yeah, I mean, they're all, you know, got a good good ecological stand on that point. And yeah, that blows my mind. It blows my mind still to this day that people traverse the seas in giant vessels. It's amazing. But yeah, no, we got Everest through the Titanic. We're talking about Titanic conspiracy theory, not the one you might be thinking of. But, you know, the one online, which is like, oh, was Jack Dawson a time travel? We're not talking about that. Oh, no, we're not. We're not talking about anything related to the James Cameron film. No, this doesn't have anything to do with the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio talks about taking her on the Santa Monica Pier when that wasn't built until like 1916. We're going to talk about how his hair is clearly from 1996 and not a hairstyle you would see at that time. None of these things will be talked about. No, no. That's for a different episode. It's a different Titanic conspiracy theory. We're talking about... We're going to make a multi-part episode out of that conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, it's really important. Yeah, we'll talk about the ways other face ways that uh, James Cameron's a dick face. But uh, no, this one is much more sinister, much more economic, much more nautical. Yeah, I spent a lot of time Googling nautical terms over this bullshit. Jesus Christ. I still barely know what aft means. Come on. Just talk like a normal person. You're not a fucking pirate. Were you like really trying to imagine the dimensions in your head as I was? Yes. 
<laughs> and, I, and I'm bad at it. I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine a a ship this large. No. It's like a city. Yeah, a floating city. And I mean, Dude. I'm sure there are ships of similar size and majesty now, but mm-hmm. certainly not in fucking 1912. No. I don't think we even figured out what to do with garbage by that point. We're building ships. I know, seriously. It, it, I, it's going to be interesting to see fans of the show. If there's fans of this show who are also really into boat making and like to talk about boats. Oh, there will be. There will be things we say wrong and they'll... Boat dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> they'll let us have it in the comments, I'm sure. So let's talk about the official version of events. But also people have to know this story, right? Like we all hear about the Titanic in grade school. There's the fucking James Cameron movie. Yeah, and then there's stuff like Mysteries of the Titanic. There was TV shows. Sky TV makes documentaries. History Channel's done a lot on the Titanic. People have talked about it. Yeah, it's well known. Yeah, it it comes up. But for people who somehow are not familiar, the Titanic was a British passenger liner operated by the White Star Line. Huge deal when it launched. The ultimate in luxury, Laura. Ooh. It had restaurants. It had bars. It had a gymnasium with a basketball court. This ship had it all. Whoa. And it even had like compartments. It had compartments for third class passengers, which was an unusual thing for ships at the time. They tended, you're not going to believe this, but they tended to treat the poor people and people immigrating to the United States, uh, tended to treat them not that well on ships at the time. Huh. They would just kind of throw everyone in the room with a bunch of bunk beds and they would all share a bathroom. Very gross. But on the Titanic, all the third class passengers had their own cabins. They had leisure areas. So even if you were among the dregs of society, as they would probably say it back then, you could still live it up on the Titanic, which uh, I mean, at least for a while, while it didn't sink. Because it, mo- it spent most of its time sinking. Yeah. So kind of the opposite of living it up, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Preparing for imminent death, not to your knowledge. Yeah, I mean, American history is full of not very good boat rides. You know what I mean? So not too shocking there. <laughs> and this is, uh, this is arguably the worst. This is one of the worst. Okay, so we're talking about this. Uh, the Titanic was constructed by the White Star Line, was the name of the company. We'll be throwing that name around. And uh, it sailed out of Belfast, uh, which is in Northern Ireland. You might have heard of the place. It's a bit testy sometimes. They've had some troubles. A bit of the troubles. <laughs> but uh, it was set to land in New York City and uh, Tuesday night. Or was it Wednesday morning? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a White Star line. It was a company owned by a lot of rich men. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, that becomes important. So uh, what made the Titanic so remarkable is it was considered unsinkable. And that's what we always remember, right? That it was considered unsinkable. Yeah, they made a big deal about how no ship of this size could be sunk. But then on April 14th, around 11.40 p.m., The Titanic struck an iceberg about 375 miles south of Newfoundland. Five of the ship's watertight compartments were breached, and as it turns out, it was only capable of surviving the flooding of four compartments. Ooh. Yikes. The crew and the passengers both were just 
completely incapable of dealing with this shit because, again, everyone thought this ship was unsinkable. So they didn't really prepare for the possibility that it might sink. And you know what? I would argue that they should have. They really should have. And the other thing I think that people don't consider is that they pretty much figured that if it did incur damage of any kind, that it would be able to communicate with other ships in the area quickly enough to get everyone evacuated. Right. You know what I mean? So there was not just that it wouldn't sink, but that uh, if it did incur damage, it wouldn't be deadly damage. And everyone makes a big deal about the fact that they didn't have enough lifeboats. But I don't think they anticipated that they would have to get everyone out at once. What they thought that would happen is if one of them got struck, it would fill with water and it would just be such a slow process that they could get everyone off in time and various other ships could come and get people. You know, they could like go in rounds, like send the lifeboats back, get more people off. It wasn't just like, fuck it, we'll not make enough lifeboats because nothing bad will ever happen. It was like, yeah, we'll have lifeboats because something bad could happen, but it's not going to be so bad that we have to use them all at once. Like it it could be like a slow thing. Right. I don't know if that's important to consider. It's important to consider because it explains why so many people died. Like even in the conspiracy theory version that we'll get to later, it still explains why so many people died because they were expecting to have rescue ships on hand and i think in the the official version of events the problem is the terrain that the titanic was in or not terrain that's literally land the water (laughs) that the titanic was in was not only were there icebergs but there was what's called pack ice which is ice that forms just under the surface and it made it really hard to get to especially with smaller rescue boats so even after the Titanic was hit with this iceberg and word of that started going around. Philip Franklin, who is the White Star Line vice president, famously said the following, there is no danger that Titanic will sink. The boat is unsinkable and nothing but inconvenience will be suffered by the passengers. Whoops. Nope. That's not how it worked out. He was a little bit off on that assessment. Uh, between 2.10 a.m. and 2.15 a.m., the rate of sinking suddenly increased. At one point, the ship broke in two and started sinking almost perpendicular to the surface while hundreds of people were still clinging to it. By that, it means the ship is like upside down. Like a 90-degree angle. Like a 90-degree angle, yeah. Yeah. So at least 1,500 people lost their lives and 710 survived. I was looking at the rates of survival. If you were a lady... In, like, first class, your rate of survival was, like, 80%. In the men, it was, like, 40 or 50, I think. But if you were third class, it was, like, you know, way, way, way lower. Yeah, third class just had to kind of fend for themselves. But Yeah, only, like, 30% of them survived, I think, or less. There was that famous women and children first rule in place. Mm -hmm. And that's why the survival rate for women was so high. Yeah, they got the most boats. And that's why you have things like the unsinkable Molly Brown and that bitch on that door and whatever and, you know, and those boats. So do you want to just jump into talking about uh, these theories? (laughs) Yeah, there are there are a whole lot of conspiracy theories surrounding the Titanic, but we're going to talk about three in particular. The first, the Titanic didn't sink, Laura. It was swapped with its sister ship which was then sunk intentionally for insurance money. Whoa. That, that sounds like Titanic was an inside job. This is such an elaborate 
conspiracy theory. Yeah. And it really is like, it's a straight up conspiracy theory. Sometimes people talk about conspiracy theories, but what they mean is a dopey explanation for something. Like just saying aliens did it is not really much of a conspiracy theory because no one's conspiring to do anything. It's just aliens acting. In this case, this is true conspiracy theory and that people are nefariously plotting to do damage to others for profit in secret. Right. And this theory was initially put forward by a writer named Robin Gardner in the book Titanic, the ship that never sank. And it came out in like 1998, right? So it's like hot on the heels in the movie. It's very conveniently timed to the film. And he argues that the ship that actually went down that day was Titanic's sister ship, Olympic. The two ships were nearly identical, except for a few cosmetic differences. And the crux of this theory is an accident that happens prior to the Titanic disaster. Yeah. The Olympic was involved in a collision with the Royal Navy warship HMS Hawk. How does that happen? Named after Ethan Hawk. Yeah, sorry. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Please don't step on my great Ethan Hawk joke, Laura. How dare you? <laughs> Fuck me. Gatta, 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 gatta. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm never sure how any boat accident happens. You are on the water. Was there a building in your way that you couldn't see another boat coming? Like, what the fuck? Was it misty? (laughs) Like, very misty? Even then, I mean, I guess I've never... Fog? I've never captained a boat, so I guess I don't know, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> boozing it I up. Just made a, I just made a hand motion of sitting in the sauce. Yeah, it's like the Exxon Valdez, you know? Maybe the dude was like, you know, having old gin rummy, whatever. What? That's a card Drinking game. a <laughs> gin and tonic. Drinking a gin and tonic. He was an old rummy drinking a gin and tonic. I don't know how this happened. So, for some fuckhead reason, the Olympic crashed into a fucking warship. And it had damage both above and below the waterline. And this is what we're talking about. We're like, okay, so it goes eight feet inward. And it was, I don't remember how long it was, but it was it was a good amount of damage. And they did have it insured. But the insurance doesn't cover them ramming into another boat like a fuckhead, right? It would be like, I'd be like, I have car insurance. I go smash into anyone I want. No, you can't. That's not how car insurance works. So they were found at fault. They did, you know, they had like a, a trial and investigation. Right. So the the argument is that the Olympic sustained more damage than was let on. Right. So basically, the Olympic was going to be out of service for an extended period of time. The Titanic was behind schedule. So all of White Star Line's big plans were going to have to be delayed. So this is my question about that. So they're saying, like, we can't put the ship out again to make more money because we can't insure it now? Or because it's like on probation. Well, because it's broken and it's got to be fixed. So they don't want to spend the money to fix it. Right. They don't want to spend the money to fix it. They're not going to get insurance money for it. So they hatch a scheme where what they're going to do is swap the Olympic in the Titanic out because the Olympic was still in shape enough that it could sail for a little bit. So, yeah. The conspiracy version of events is that they swapped the Olympic in the Titanic and the plan was to dispose of it in a way that would allow White Star to collect the full insured value of a brand new ship. And one big detail that's missing from this theory, how? How were they going to sink this ship? 
he supposes the plan was to open the seacocks. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. To slowly flood the ship while a team of rescue boats move passengers to safety. So we wanted to flood her with seacocks. Right. The seacocks would be opened okay. and the seamen would be flooded. S-E-A-M-E-N. So for this to work, the captain would have to be on it because he would have to know that the seacocks were going to flood the ships and they would have to have contact with another ship that was going to rescue them, which is supposed to be the Californian, which is a, a ship that was near the Titanic but wasn't able to rescue it. And they would have to do all this shit while 15,000 Irishmen were working on the Titanic. Is that what it is? I got the numbers on that, but I was like, dude, that seems way too high. But I think it was 15,000. Yes, 15,000 Irishmen worked on the Titanic or the Olympic. That's that's a lot of people. Like you'd have to have them like working on the actual Titanic and then suddenly they're working on the Olympic, but they don't notice this is a different ship. Sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Definitely can't do that. And all the men involved in knowing what was going on with this would also never have to tell anyone. His most controversial allegation is that the Titanic didn't strike an iceberg, but instead it struck one of those pre-planned rescue boats that were supposed to be there to get, because they assumed it would just, if this plan was real, the thinking was that it would sink slow enough that they could send the rescue boats out to get people and no one would die. The ship would sink and they'd be able to collect their insurance money. But yeah, they instead accidentally run into one of the ships that causes it to sink. Chaos ensues. 1500 people die. Yeah. Which is a fucking lot of people. So the problem with this theory, it has been massively debunked in 2005 writer Mark Chernside did an entire college dissertation about the exchange theory. It's fucking 9,900 words long. And we read it. Yeah, we read it. You can, I'll post a link to it. And he fucking destroys this theory. He goes through everything. He goes through witness testimony. He goes through everyone who would officially justify what happened wreck with the HMS Hawk and everyone who worked on the Titanic and like really broke this down to point out why this could not have been the fraud they said they were. Because the main crux of this theory is that the Olympic was more damaged than the insurance had made it out to be. So this ship has to be extremely damaged to make this worthwhile to do. But also it needs to be patched up quickly enough in time and to such an extent that it visually looks to be the Titanic, the grandest ship on Earth, and not a severely fucked up ship. Right. So he focuses on three things in this debunking of this theory. The Olympic collision with the Hawk, Gardner's methodology in coming up with the theory, and the claim that White Star Line would have benefited from an insurance scam of this nature. And regarding the collision, he reviewed actual testimony from the insurance investigation. And it turns out the damage wasn't any more extensive than anyone made it out to be. One example, Gardner argued that the steel ram on the ship that hit the Olympic was built for maximum destruction. So obviously it's going to tear a massive hole in this ship. But right in the insurance investigation testimony, Someone mentions that these rams that were put on the front of boats were intended to cause a ton of damage, 
but they didn't work that well. So mm. that kind of casts a little doubt on his assertion that because it had this battering ram, it was going to be the most destructive force that could hit a ship outside of a bomb. And he just kind of leaves that out of his theory. And there's all sorts of examples of that where he either misquotes the testimony or just ignores some of it, or he'll write someone off as a witness who can't be trusted. And then he'll cite them later as a witness to back up other parts of his theory. This guy did a lot of work debunking this. I feel like he did more work than the guy who came up with the theory did. Yeah, I mean, he gets into how many knots the boat was going. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, so he's basically saying this, the ship wasn't even going that fast when it hit the HMS Hawk. So it wasn't like they collided at maximum impact at maximum speed. It wasn't like that. It was not bad an accident. Right. And... Another key to Gardner's conspiracy theory is the idea that the Titanic was planning to get to New York City on Wednesday, but the speed it was going, it was going to get there Tuesday night. So his argument is they were in a big hurry to get somewhere, but not New York. And again, he's ignoring a bunch of passenger testimony where they're like, yeah, I overheard the captain talking about how we were shooting for getting there Tuesday night because it would make a make for a faster time than the Olympic when it made the same voyage. So they were trying to beat the Olympics time and get there by Tuesday night. And several passengers said that, and he just ignores that altogether. He uh, also contradicts himself a bunch. The most notable one the Titanic, one of the big differences between the Titanic and the Olympic, the Titanic had these luxury suites that extended all the way to the edge of the ship. So you couldn't, on the outside, walk past them. There was no deck there. They were just extended all the way to the edge. And he says there are witness accounts where they mention running past the luxury suites. And he's like, how did they do that if there was no deck next to the luxury suites? And if you take what he's referencing in its full context, the witness he's talking about is clearly talking about traveling down the interior staircase inside the Titanic, not running on the outside. So you would run past the luxury suites at that point. Yeah. And he also, at various points, like there's all that testimony he claims of people running along the deck next to the luxury suites. Mm -hmm. But he also says that section was partitioned off to give the illusion of luxury suites being there. So if that's true, how were people running along there if it's all partitioned off and meant to look like fake luxury suites? It makes no sense. No, that doesn't make any sense. It's just, it's really graspy as straws. And this was seemingly a blatant attempt to capture a movie hype. And I mean, I understand why they think people would do this, but at this point in history, I don't think there there's not even enough concrete examples for me of other people swapping out boats like this to make it seem like it was a concrete plan at all. Like if people had done this successfully and scammed people, would we have heard about it? Yeah. And one thing he doesn't pay any attention to is the fact that there are tons of passenger accounts of being in those luxury suites. So what were they talking about? Were they in on it? Like, they would have had to have been in oh, on it. Oh, definitely. So the theory really does not hold up. I'm sorry if you're out there. I mean, it sounds it sounds tasty, 
and you don't want to put anything past the elites, but this would have been a brazen insurance scam. Yeah, also, just the money, the numbers don't make sense, the money on it, because the Titanic was actually underinsured. Right. It was insured for $5 million, but cost $7.5 million to build. Right. And the White Star Line was owned by J.P. Morgan. It's not like he didn't have other companies. White Star Line was not his only source of revenue. So why would he be so dead set to kill 1,500 people just to get a couple million dollars when he was worth like $115 million? Right. And also White Star Line in their own company handbook. This is rule 101 from White Star Line's own literature. Commanders are reminded that the company's steamers are to a great extent uninsured and that their only livelihood, as well as the company's, depends upon immunity from accident. No precaution which ensures safe navigation is to be considered excessive. So there's that. And then there's also this Dow Jones article from around the time of the disaster. This is a quote from that. Her cargo was worth $750,000. Insurance men estimate the loss to the International Mercantile Marine Company will be somewhere around $3 million. The loss would not break a company like the International Mercantile Marine Company or ought not to do so at any rate. So it wasn't a hit that sh- the Olympic definitely wasn't a huge loss if they're already like if they're talking about the Titanic not being that big of a loss, then the Olympic wasn't that big of a loss. So this theory is some bullshit. Well, I added a couple of notes here, which is just that uh, a documentary by Sky TV, which is a British network, found there were steel parts aboard the Titanic that were stamped with the number 401. And Titanic's serial number was 401, which meant they were all original Titanic parts. If it were really the Olympic, they would have had to have put these in there to make it look like it was the Titanic. But they've never found any steel parts aboard the titanic quote-unquote that are stamped with 400 which is the olympic serial number so you're telling me that they replaced every steel part that had a serial number in the olympic with titanic's parts that doesn't make any sense does it yeah another thing that uh he brings up in this theory that has been debunked and where he contradicts himself he mentions that all of the parts all the names were scratched off of the ships and all the the identifying names were just swapped. But then he points to this uh, famous picture that started circulating in the 80s, I think, that shows part of the Titanic and where the name would be, there's an M and a P. And he's like, see, that's the Olympic. And it's like, fuck face, you just told us they scratched all the names off of the ship. But now you're telling us... They left one of the names on there, and that photo has been debunked as having been computer-generated. Right, for real. What's at the bottom of the ocean is the Titanic. I am fairly certain it is the Titanic, and it really sank. But maybe not because of an iceberg. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Ooh. So we we get into the fact that they think that uh, the main fella involved in basically trying to sink the Titanic is... Robber Baron himself, star of the Gilded Age, old purple schnoz, J. Pierpont Morgan. Yeah, these are technically separate conspiracy theories. This one is a little more recent. It gets thrown around by QAnon a lot, which is weird. Yeah, because they want to go back to the silver standard. Right. In theory, J.P. Morgan owned the Titanic. 
because mm-hmm. he owned the International Mercantile Marine Company, which owned the White Star Line, which in turn owned the Titanic. So J.P. Morgan was one of the owners of the Titanic. And some of the wealthiest men in the world were aboard the Titanic. Most importantly, John Jacob Astor IV, Benjamin Guggenheim, and Isidore Strauss. Do you know what Isidore Strauss did? I do not. He owned Macy's. He's Macy's guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. One of the richest men in America. Yeah. Used to be. Yeah. Not anymore, baby. (laughs) So they were all aboard the Titanic as J.P. Morgan was also meant to be. Hmm. And according to this conspiracy theory, all three of them very much opposed the formation of the Federal Reserve or a U.S. central bank. And so the theory is J.P. Morgan, who was who did have a hand in starting the Federal Reserve to eliminate opposition and uh, presumably to take control of the world's money supply. He arranged for these three men to be on the Titanic and then had it sunk on purpose to kill them. Holy shit. What a fucking plot. Seems like there are easier ways to kill three people that you don't like. But I'd have never killed three people I don't like. So I don't really know the answer to that for certain. But I will tell you, a lot easier ways to kill people. And J.P. Morgan was supposed to be on that ship. And he got his own luxury compartment that cost him like $700 or something, which is, you know, thousands in today's money. Uh, But he killed the last minute due to health problems. But J.P. Morgan legitimately had health problems. He died in 1913. So I I don't find that to be a garbage excuse. That's a fine excuse. It's not. That's not even the reason he canceled. Like we the reason he canceled on the Titanic is actually really well documented. Basically, at the time, he was trying to ship his art collection, which was located in England and in France. He was trying to ship it to New York to be displayed at New York's Museum of Metropolitan Art. And in late March, he hit a snag, a U.S. Customs office art specialist who had been sent to London to inspect the shipments unexpectedly left for the United States. So J.P. Morgan stopped the shipments asked the art dealer supervising them to meet him in France in mid-April, and that's when he sent a telegram to the White Star Line saying he had to cancel because he was dealing with all this business with his art collection. So he did have a perfectly legitimate reason for canceling on the Titanic's maiden voyage. And it's like, he was so rich. Like, he didn't probably give much of a shit about being on the Titanic's maiden voyage. Like that's not yeah. that's not going to be as no. exciting of an experience for J.P. Morgan. So I can totally picture him canceling if it meant he could stay and fuck with his art. I actually got that confused that Milton Hershey canceled his luxury suite on the Titanic because of his health issues, and those turned out to be legitimate. And uh, he wasn't just trying to double it because he knew something and was in league with J.P. Morgan. I don't know, though. Candy is a tough business. But yeah, J.P. Morgan, he hadn't like murdered a bunch of people before this. So I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> believe he would do so at this time when he's like 68 or something, like fucking really old. Like, before I die, I do want to kill a bunch of like 1,500 people. It's like his bucket list. He was 74 at the time. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, 74. 
old as balls in that day and age, like death's door. And you're like, yeah, let's just take 1,500 people out so that I can create the Federal Reserve, which I won't live long enough to see or use. But I mean, he did have a vested interest because he had, uh, you know, bailed out the government in 1907 when they had like a big panic and he had had to step in and bail everybody out. So he was trying to set up a system so that that wouldn't happen in the future and big business wouldn't have to step in and just, you know, routinely rescue the government during periods of boom and bust. So, I mean, there's a really similar conspiracy theory to this surrounding the Malaysia airlines flight that disappeared. Cause there were all of these people who worked for a, like, I think a weapons maker, And they all died all at the same time. And that's one of the theories there is that the plane was basically hijacked and they were kidnapped. But that actually seems more plausible to me than J.P. Morgan sinking the Titanic to kill three people. Yeah, it totally does. And then I also hear stuff about all these doctors are being killed all over the world because they know the cure to cancer and they don't want to get out. You heard about this? I have not. Oh, yeah. There's a great theory. That like all of these doctors are being killed under mysterious circumstances that are all close to cancer breakthroughs all over the world. And some of them, I think, were on that Malaysia plane, Oh, too, in addition. More so. Ooh, spooky. But uh, even spookier than that is <laughs> the third conspiracy theory. Oh, mommy did it. Are you are you cool? Are you cool with moving on to mummies? Yeah, this, I think, is probably the most plausible of the three theories the Titanic was sank by a cursed mummy. Not just any mummy. No. A cursed mummy. The princess of Amen-Ra, who lived 1,500 years before Christ. When she died, mm. she was laid in an ornate wooden coffin and buried deep in a vault at Luxor on the banks of the Nile. I thought that was in Las Vegas. It's right near Camelot. Have I been wrong this whole time? Holy shit. Only about that, but nothing else. <laughs> in the late 1890s, Four rich young Englishmen, ain't it always, visiting the excavations at Luxor were invited to buy the coffin containing the remains of Princess Amen-Ra. Oh, mate, you fancy a pharaoh? (laughs) Fancy a coffin? You fancy a coffin? What what is my coffin? It's a mummy. It's a mummy, ain't it? Get a coffin, take it back to mine then. Bloody dead princess, in it? Bloomin'. <laughs> Bloomin' onion. I don't know what I'm saying. All right. So anyway, the man at the coffin ticket to his hotel, which doesn't sound pervy at all. No, he was, gonna fucked f- up. he was gonna fuck that mummy at his hotel. But instead, <laughs> the guy who brought the mummy back to his hotel was later seen walking toward the desert by himself and never returned. And no one attempted to apprehend him or no one said closer. No, no one asked him any questions, apparently. Just watched him walk off into the desert. Sure. The next day, one of the three remaining men was shot in the arm accidentally and wounded so oh. severely he had to have his arm amputated, Laura. Oh, am I am in it? <laughs> the third man arrived home to find that the bank holding his entire life savings had failed, which... At least you still have your arms, dude. The fourth suffered a severe illness, lost his job, and was reduced to selling matchsticks in the streets. Can you imagine? Was that a profession back then? Yeah, matchstick salesman, matchstick girl. I've heard of it. Huh. Cool matchstick girl. It's like a story, like a Christmas story. Once again, I thought that was only in Vegas where they come around and bring you matches. Yeah. Sick eye, sick of it. <laughs> 
cigarettes, cigarettes. Stories like that went on for years, and I found this was funny. So the coffin reaches England and is purchased by a businessman, and three members of the businessman's household are injured in a car accident. Spooky. And then the businessman's house catches on fire, and then the coffin gets donated to the British Museum. And museum staff hears loud banging and crying noises from the coffin at night. Oh, well, I'm a mommy. I'm a mommy. Get me out of here. I'm dead. Like, what the fuck is it? Things are thrown around the exhibit room without explanation. And a watchman died. What? Can you imagine someone who worked for a company died? Yeah, that's insane. So a photographer took a photo of the coffin, and when he developed it, the image that appeared was so horrifying, the photographer killed himself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like in the fucking exorcist, not in the exorcist, like in the fucking uh, the Omen, when he develops the photograph. <laughs> And it's like, oh, no, there's sticks and everything. It's the devil. It's like the ring. If you look at that photograph, you have to kill yourself three days later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they couldn't even, like, you know, fucking give this thing away. It was so famously cursed. And the museum wanted to get rid of the mummy. But with this reputation, they couldn't even give it away, right? And so a bullheaded American archaeologist, damn Yanks, uh, who dismissed the curse talk as nonsense, buys the mummy, buys the mummy, buys the mummy, and arranges it to have it shipped to New York above the, guess what, Titanic. The rest, as they say, is history. Aboard the Titanic. But here's the problem. This is bullshit. It is the, all the stuff surrounding it. First of all, it's not even a coffin. It's a coffin lid. There are no remains. And this is a ghost story that was concocted around the turn of the century by two English writers. And eventually, after the Titanic sank, this ghost story got latched on to the Titanic, and it became the Titanic was sank by a cursed mummy. But the truth is, this coffin is still at the British Museum. And it's been there for decades and decades and decades. So the chances of it also being at the bottom of the ocean inside the Titanic are very, very slim. It's extremely slim. I was going to say other versions of the story had the archaeologist bribing the Titanic crew to have the mummy put into a lifeboat. And it winds up in New York City, much like Kevin McAllister. And the mummy is sold and shipped again. It involved in one or two other shipwrecks before winding up at the bottom of the sea. I love one or two. Like, who knows? One, maybe another one. So, yeah, how many lives must they take? Yeah, sounds perfectly reasonable to me. Yeah, the reason they developed this was there actually was a uh, sarcophagus that was lost in a shipwreck in like the 1830s or 1840s. And that became like a, you know, a fascinating topic. But the other thing that I added to this was, did you also know, Adam, that in 2012, Weekly World News reported that the Titanic was actually sunk by an underwater UFO. This makes perfect sense to me. It really does. So what the theory going on here is that Dr. Joseph Haas Tetler discovered three large holes underneath the ship, which could have only been caused by an alien laser beam attack. So we, this one of the reports involved says that 
nearby ships lost radio contact with the Titanic. And that is why people couldn't be rescued quickly enough. What was interrupting their radio signals? Aliens. And they also say that the, the people aboard the Titanic saw lights in the water. They thought it was from the Californian, but the Californian also reported seeing lights in the water. If you see lights in the water, you know it's an underwater alien craft, right? Yeah, it's got to be aliens if you see lights in the water. The other theory I'll throw at you here, did time travelers sink the Titanic? I think so, but go on. Because this is a theory that was put forth, repeated by, but not believed by, Neil deGrasse Tyson. So he was doing an episode of a podcast, and he mentioned that he knows of a theory that states that in the future, they create time travel, but so many people want to go back to the moment to see the iceberg hit that they actually overload the ship and sink it. But wasn't it going to sink from hitting the iceberg? It was, but they actually sunk it from overloading it with weight because too many people want to go see it. In the original timeline, it hits the iceberg, but in the modern revised timeline that includes time travel, it sinks because of overloading from time-traveling tourists. But for that right? for that to work, it had to have at least sunk once without the time-traveling tourists, or no one would give a shit. Yes, that is true. There's two timelines. One where it sank, one where it hit the iceberg, and one where it just sank. And the other theory is that J.P. Morgan hired time travelers to sabotage the ship themselves. I could see that being a thing. For sure. Why not? This is more practical, but one of the th theories that they think why the iceberg damage was so intense and caused it to sink the way it did was there was a fire, supposedly a fire in the Titanic going for 10 days before it actually set sail. And you can see this burned out part of part of the ship. And it looks to be that one of the coal departments was actually fire going for 10 days. And that was where the iceberg hit. And the steel had been damaged in such a degree that went through it. And that's why it's so brutal, uh, you know, accident. No one caught this fire. Coal fire can't melt steel beams, Laura. Uh, yeah, it can't melt steel mastheads. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so those are other theories that are evolved. Yeah, I saw the theory about the fire. There are a lot of theories about the structural problems with the titanic and like alternate explanations of how the damage it sustained actually happened mm -hmm. it's all it's it's just kind of, it's all really technical i feel like you have to have built a ship to really get into those conspiracy theories oh there's also the german u-boat one. Oh yeah that it was actually a german u-boat sunk it yeah i feel like we would have made a bigger deal out of that well it could have just snuck off and not been caught but then why even do it? Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to take some credit for sink, sinking the Titanic? Yeah, and it was, what, like three years before the Lusitania? I don't know, two before, something like that. I think this thing just hit a fucking iceberg. Yeah, for real. And it captured the public's imagination a lot for some reason. Well, it is romantic to think about a bunch of elite rich people all dying at once. But then when you even look into the death numbers... They were the ones who got off, mostly. It was the people in third class who died for the most part. Yeah. And, like, I would be willing to consider a conspiracy theory about the Titanic. I don't own the fucking thing. Like, I don't, I don't care if it was aliens, but there's just none of these, when you really get into these conspiracy theories, none of them make sense. Like, they just don't even make, not, not only do they seem too complex to have been carried out, they just do not make sense. 
I can understand using these as the basis to make Titanic based programming or write a Titanic book like to just talk about them that they exist but there's something that's really kind of not fair about our uh, looking back upon people like jp morgan and being like well you know he's a really rich guy and he stamped uh his boot on the face of the poor so probably killed 1500 people in a bit of accident it's like i feel like your capacity for human compassion is pretty low bro yeah and with the jp morgan thing one of the things we didn't mention those three people weren't opposed to a central bank. Two of them had never said anything about it. And one of them actually spoke out in support of the idea. And another characteristic of that theory is sometimes JP Morgan is replaced with like the Rothschilds or some other family as having been the ones behind it. That's usually the hallmark of a bullshit conspiracy theory. When the players keep changing, depending on who's telling the story, usually false. I think that's our episode. We did it. So do you have any live shows you want to plug before we get out of here? No, I have nothing. <laughs> Forever. I'm going to die now. Yeah, comedy's canceled. You can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. Follow the network unpops.podcast on Instagram or at unpops on Twitter. Where can people find you, Laura, if you're still there? I am still here. You can find me at Crawford Comic on Twitter and Instagram. Let's get out of here. Laura, say goodbye. Thanks, Adam. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.